Hello and welcome to the Boilers Extra Podcast. I am Sam King with the Journal and Courier. Uh, it's been a while since I did one of these, but uh, I've personally been uh, kind of inundated and overwhelmed with a lot of duties and uh, something had to give. So I apologize for not being more consistent or frequent with uh, recording one of these podcasts, but uh, I figured I needed to get one up uh, since Purdue men's basketball had its season come to a close a couple weeks ago. I uh, wanted to to digest that a little bit, which is why it's taken me a couple weeks to get to that and uh, do some research on some things um, that I'm going to cover here, mostly regarding head coach Matt Painter. Um, you know, obviously, when you lose to a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson, um, it's frustrating when you couple that with losing in the Sweet 16 a year ago to a 15 seed and losing in the first round two years ago to a, a 13 seed. Uh, it gets um, to be quite a lot, and, and you you do have to kind of question, why does this keep happening to Purdue? Um, a one-and-done tournament, obviously, uh, a lot of fluky things happen, but uh, Purdue has definitely been in the last three years a better team than the one that bounced uh, the Boilermakers from the NCAA tournament. And I think because of that, fans are frustrated, or, or a lot of fans are frustrated, um, based on the number of emails I received, um, not only after the loss to Fairleigh Dickinson, but you know, in the Big Ten tournament, um, with both losses to Indiana in the regular season, uh, my my inbox got flooded a little bit. I can't even imagine what athletic director Mike Bobinski's inbox looks like. But uh, a lot of people had a um, you know either. Matt Painter needs to be fired or Matt Painter can't coach. Uh, a lot of things in that regard. And um, I responded to most of the, them or all of them. I can't remember if I missed one or two. I'm sorry. I did try to get back to everybody. Um, but my thoughts on that is that, um, you know, it's kind of ludicrous. Now, obviously, if this continues to be a thing, um, at some point you do have to pull the trigger. But now is not the time. Um, yes, Purdue was a one seed and lost to a 16 seed. That's a, a stain on the program and probably one that will be brought up um, ad nauseum until Purdue rectifies that with a, you know, a, a deep tournament run or a Final Four run. Um, and I think that fans are a little impatient. And I know it's been 43 years now since Purdue's been in the Final Four. Um, but some of the, the email comments that uh, I did receive um, seem to be more... Um, on the selfish end, um, more so than frustration, I guess. Um, some people, uh, or maybe not some, a few people said, uh, you know, Purdue embarrassed me, Matt Painter embarrassed me, uh, this embarrasses us as alumni, things of that nature. And and I assure you, nobody is more embarrassed by what happened this year, last year, the year before, than Matt Painter and, then, and uh, the players that are on his team. Um, yeah, it sucks. It happened. Um, Matt Painter is not getting fired. Um, if you don't know that by now, uh, it would have been something that probably would have happened before two weeks after the, the season ended. But um, he shouldn't be fired. And, and I'm going to kind of touch on a few points. Um, you know, obviously, the Fairleigh Dickinson game, that team had a strategy um, and a, a lineup that maybe um, what counterbalances what Purdue is, which was you know, very quick guards, um, and they s just sat in the paint. They sat three guys in the paint, um, you know, two behind Edie and then one fronting him, basically sitting on his on his 
uh, thighs the entire game, uh, making it impossible to, to get the ball inside. And uh, when Purdue was able to get the ball to Ed, the, there would be a fourth defender at times come in there and um, make sure he didn't get a shot or you know foul him before he could get a shot. And that's when people, you know, some of the the comments that in that game, Zach Eady did not get a shot in the final 10 minutes. Well, no, he didn't because every time they tried to throw it down low to him, the ball got swatted away. It was a turnover or, you know, got batted back out. Um, Fairly Dickinson basically said, listen, if you're going to beat us with, with outside shooting, so be it. But you're not going to beat us with the national player of the year going off on us. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, that was a day where the Boilermakers could not shoot. And, um, you know, I don't, Blame, put the blame up for that on Painter. Uh, he's got guys out there that have been proven to be good shooters um, that were not particularly good shooters on that day, and that's what happens. Uh, one comment that, that Painter did say during the regular season after a game was, uh, you know, basically this is this is the way to do it. This is the only way it's going to work with this roster makeup, um, and if we lose in the NCAA tournament because we don't hit outside shots, so be it. I don't think he anticipated... Um, losing to a 16 seed when he said that, uh, if if that was the case, but um, you know that's what happened, and uh, unfortunately now you see what Florida Atlantic has done, and I think that Purdue would have been a you know that would have been a great matchup for Purdue in in the Boilermakers' favor had it happened, but it didn't happen. So uh, now we're watching Florida Atlantic in the Final Four, and we're watching Purdue um, end its season prematurely with a 29 and six record, um, but. There's a lot of good that came out of this season, I think. You know, being 29 and 6, um, people forget that this, this roster was constructed. Uh, you know, when it was being constructed, it was done so with Jaden Ivey in mind. Now, Ivey made the right move after his sophomore year going to the NBA and uh, clearly is, is having a lot of success with the, D- the Detroit Pistons. But um, when, you know, when you're recruiting some of these guys, you're thinking you have a, a Jaden Ivey and and quite frankly, that's what this team needed against a Fairleigh Dickinson was somebody who could get to the baskets, um, create their own shots, get to the rim, elevate above defenders, um, you know, something like they're going to have next year with a Miles Colvin, something they would have had with a, a Jaden Ivey on this roster. But uh, that's not what this team is. And, and in a lot of ways, uh, this team did overachieve this year. Um, was it a, a number one team in the country for several weeks? Um, yes, but was it talent-wise maybe? Uh, I don't think so. I think that um, you know the uh, the expectations got elevated by beating Gonzaga, beating West Virginia, beating Marquette, beating Duke. Um, you know some of these wins in the non-conference um, obviously gave I don't want to say false expectations, but it it raised the level on a team that you know was starting two freshman guards for for most of the year and. Um, People forget now that Purdue was picked to finish in the middle of the Big Ten um, and won the thing running away and then won the Big Ten tournament. And I know it wasn't pretty how it happened sometimes, but um, the the point of playing the game is to have more points than the other team. And Purdue did that 29 out of 35 times this season. Uh, and I think that, you know, you want to put some blame on Painter for the way it ended, but you also have to give him a lot of credit and his staff a lot of credit for uh the big, big picture as a whole for how it panned out. Um, it's kind of just, you know, people want to uh, affix blame when things go, don't go well, but they don't want to, you know, sing the praises when things are going well. And um, maybe the point that you can 
look at for that is, um, you know, go back to 2019 where Purdue just goes on this incredible tournament run with Carson Edwards uh, lighting the world on fire from three-point range, uh, Ryan Klein hitting some ridiculous shots. Um, you know, if you're going to blame Painter when, when three-point shots don't fall, I think you have to put some of the credit on him uh, when he's got guys that are knocking them down in clutch situations like that, and, and nobody seems to want to do that. Uh, I talked to several fans, uh, students, um, just people that, that have followed Purdue basketball for a long time. And, and my point to them was if Virginia doesn't hit some last second uh, miraculous, uh, launch the ball down the court, catch the ball and throw a floater in at the buzzer, Matt Painter goes to the final four in 2019. Matt Painter probably wins a national championship. I think Matt Painter's team would have won a national championship that year. And, and, you know, Tony Bennett's career and, and Matt Painter's career would be kind of flip-flopped. It would be, you know, Tony Bennett would be the guy that can't get it done in the tournament. And, and Matt Painter would be the guy who has a national championship trophy. Um, that doesn't make Painter any better of a coach, any worse of a coach, because he lost that game. And, you know, having that Final Four on your resume or a national championship on your resume, uh, in the eyes of many, makes you a better coach. Uh, it's no different. Uh, it's just the fact that, you know, one game panned out differently for you. Um, now, I know, you know, you don't want to lose to a 13 seed. You don't want to lose to a 15 seed, a 16 seed, and have it be a recurring issue. But um, I really thought even before the season started that next year was going to be the year that this year was, where Purdue was, a, you know, a Big Ten champion caliber team, um, one of the top teams in the country. And um, it really can be. Uh, Zach Eady has not made a decision on his future. If he comes back uh, right now, Purdue has nobody in the transfer portal, um, which is something you think somebody would have um, done by now if, if they were going to do it. Um, so you really could have this entire roster minus you know Matt Frost, uh, a walk-on, and, uh, and David Jenkins Jr., who played just one year at Purdue. You could have everybody else back and also – you know, uh, Camden Heidi, who redshirted this year, Miles Colvin, who's coming in next year. Um, those are some athletic freaks that are going to add a lot to this roster and, and some things that Purdue didn't have with um, the players that had on the floor this year. So, um, you know, if, if Edie comes back, even if Edie doesn't come back, I expect Purdue to be, um, you know, having similar success next year. And, and if, if Purdue goes in the NCAA tournament next year and loses to a double-digit seed, um, maybe start to panic a little bit. But, um Matt Painter has definitely earned, you know, at least the the benefit of the doubt uh, to have this thing see it through for next year. A um, couple things I wanted to kind of touch on because what it all stems down to is a lot of these fans are frustrated who are reaching out to me that that Painter um, can't coach in March is is one thing that I kind of laugh at. Um, Matt Painter can't win in the tournament, which he has a winning record in the NCAA tournament. I know that's hard to believe um, based on recent success, but uh, he does, and Matt Painter is just like Gene Cady and can't get Purdue to a Final Four. I know all of the, you know, the, the mantras and the things that Purdue fans um, hang their hat on and, and say, you know, it's frustrating because of this, this, and this. Uh, Matt Painter is a Gene Cady clone, whatever it might be. And I assure you that, uh, that Coach Painter, he's aware of all that as well. So, you know, it's it's not falling on deaf ears with him. He knows that, it, you know, people uh, – made the, you know, whatever, it kind of went miniature viral when he, uh, on senior night after beating Illinois, said, I'm glad we won so you can't talk shit about us on the internet. Um, he knows what people are saying. The players know what people are saying. And, you know, sometimes that's that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. And um, 
you know, there's good and bad, I guess, with social media and giving everybody a voice. But uh, I want to tell you just kind of firsthand, I mentioned Tony Bennett um, winning that 2019 national championship at Virginia, uh, beating Purdue in the Elite Eight uh, in overtime after hitting a, you know, after the team hit a buzzer beater to force overtime. Uh, that's that's Tony Bennett's only Final Four, and he's been doing this at Virginia just as long as Matt Painter's been doing it at Purdue. Um, so, like I said, you know, if Purdue won that game, their two resumes are kind of just maybe flip flopped. Um, Mark Few, a lot of people think Mark Few is is you know one of the best, if not the best, college basketball coach, and he's a guy that took 18 years to get to the Final Four. And um, Rick Barnes, uh, you know, another guy that's been around for a long time. Um, you know, I know Dean Smith went to a lot of Final Fours at North Carolina, but it took him 21 years to win an NCAA title. And, and the knock on him for a long time was that he can't win the big one. So, you know, it's, it uh, follows, you know, a lot of the great coaches around until it finally happens. Um, Rick Barnes took 16 years to get to the Final Four and did it with Texas. And that was 20 years ago. He hasn't been back since. So it's extremely difficult to get to a Final Four. Um, I think that people probably need to appreciate what Matt Painter has done with Purdue, with the resources Purdue has, um, and you know, just some of the success. Uh, I think that, um, yes, a Final Four on his resume would be a huge notch on his belt. Um, and you know, I think that at some point, if he does this long enough, Purdue will break through and it will happen. Um, but you, you can't fire him. You can't fire him after going twenty nine and six and winning the Big Ten. You, that's a you know that's a bad look, especially trying to bring in a new coach. Um, and you basically set the bar at. I don't care if you win the Big Ten championship. It's it's basically Final Four or national championship or, or bust. And um, you know that's just kind of a you know not the right approach, especially when you haven't done it yet. Um, you know people are acting like Purdue is is on par with Kansas or Duke and. Well, it would be nice to say that uh, it's it's just not. It's not right now. It's not yet. Um, I might say, um, but there is also some fallout if you're to fire Matt Painter, and, and people think it's just as simple as fire the head coach. And and one question I posed to several who said that was, who are you going to get to come in who is a better coach than Matt Painter? And nobody seems to have an answer for that. Um, it's twofold. You don't fire a coach without having a, another coach in mind. Um, and obviously a, a hopeful upgrade in mind. Um, there aren't many upgrades out there, uh, you know, that, that are better than Matt Painter. Um, and if you do fire him right now, I believe I, I read over his contract and also the six amendments that he's had to it since uh, signing his newest contract in uh, 2011, I believe. Um, it was a lot to take in, but if I'm reading it right, and um, I hope I am, but uh, it, it's it's more than $15 million that painters owed if you fire him. And, uh, you know, somebody said, just find a rich, um, Purdue graduate to, to pay it off. I don't know who's going to want to throw that kind of money out there to get rid of a coach that's been by and large, um, highly successful in what he's done. And I know fans are frustrated with the win loss and, and they say, I don't care about the other stuff, but the graduation rates and the, um, you know, the, the, um, other things, team GPA, the not having NCAA violations, doing things as a clean program the right way, that stuff does matter. And, you know, I know maybe it doesn't translate to what you want, which is Final Fours, national championships, but it, it is important. And, um, 
you know, you want to uh, have, you know, be highly regarded when people talk about Purdue basketball and the fact that they've done things the right way. And um, it makes it that much better when you do break through. A um, couple things that uh, I, I noted here uh, that uh, Painter's contract is, is a rolling five-year contract, which makes sense when you're out recruiting um, these players. You want to assure them that I'm going to be the head coach for the duration of your college career if you choose to come to Purdue, which is why you always have that, you know, it, it's it's a very wise um, contract that, that Painter or probably his agent, uh, Buddy Baker, came up with um, to kind of have always that, that five-year um, window where you can say, I'm going to be here as long as you're at Purdue. Um, and until Painter tells, you know, uh, Purdue uh, staff that I don't want that fifth year anymore, I think that's kind of a rolling over thing if I am reading this right. Um, and he is owed a, Painter is owed a $450,000 retention incentive if he's um, still the coach. I think September 1st, 2024 is, is the date that um, that kicks in. So, um you know, and I fully expect him to be here and to receive that retention incentive. But um, in terms of, you know, I, people have said he's overpaid, underpaid, whatever it is. Um, I don't want to get into all that. He's, you know, I feel that anybody is is um, paid what the university thinks they're worth. Um, the people who were saying this aren't the ones who are paying it the money. So I don't know why that's an issue. It's always been a kind of a funny thing to me when people talk about athlete or coaches contracts and they make too much money. Well, you know, unless you're the one paying it or making the decision how much they get paid, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to, you know, to fathom kind of de- determining that. But um, in terms of, of the Big Ten, uh, Matt Painter is the sixth highest paid coach in the league, the sixth. Um, I don't know if there are, are um, five coaches in the Big Ten that, that anybody would uh, realistically think um, would be a better fit for Purdue than Matt Painter. And, uh, you know, those six getting paid more th- than Matt is right now are, are Tom Izzo, which is deserved. The guy's been to eight Final Fours. He's won a national championship. Um, clearly, you know, you got to pay that guy um, to keep him at Michigan State, and he's a Michigan State lifer, I'm sure. Uh, the others are Brad Underwood, who has, you know, quite honestly accomplished significantly less than Matt Painter um, in his time at Illinois. Um, Kevin Willard at Maryland, Greg Gard at Wisconsin, Jawan Howard at Michigan. So, you know, Painter's below all of those guys in terms of, of uh, money that they make. And uh, I think that, you know, when you put it in that perspective, uh, you're, you're basically getting a bargain having Matt Painter as, as your head coach, um, even though he's lost three straight uh, times in the NCAA tournament to a double-digit seed. Um, and then people seem to forget that, that that 15 seed loss to St. Peter's was a Sweet 16 game. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, forget that that Painter actually led his team to two victories to get to that game, and and St. Peter's also beat a really good Kentucky team in that tournament. It, it wasn't like it was just some um, one-off situation. Um, there's a lot more parity in college basketball now than than there ever was. Um, we've seen 16 seeds now beat one seeds twice in the last what six years, five years, whatever it is. I think five years. Uh, we've seen. I think three 15 seeds go to the Sweet 16 in recent years with, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, Dunk City, um, and then Oral Roberts a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and, and then St. Peter's obviously uh, going to the Elite Eight last year. Um, it's harder and harder 
to, um, you know, matchups are a big thing, but it's harder and harder to go deep in the tournament because uh, of the parity, because you're getting high major players that will transfer to a, a mid-major or a low-major to get more playing time. So the talent level is not as, as stark of a difference as it used to be. Um, the, you know, there's a lot of variables with NIL, and um, I know there are people frustrated, especially with um, now seeing Miami in the Final Four with Nigel Pack, who Purdue was uh, in on, had a chance to get and bring in. Um, had he come here, Purdue wouldn't have had David Jenkins uh, this season, but um, Nigel Pack also was making 800 grand playing college basketball. So uh, you don't blame him for taking that deal. Um, and Purdue, you know, was not going to give that amount of money, and um, nor should it have for you know at least for this team. But I think down the road you've got to reevaluate some of your NIL situations, and maybe the first um, evidence of that is, is Zach Eady, if he does come back, is is in line to make some good money. However. Uh, you've got to do that to make it work. But um, there are players now that are, you know, making more money playing college basketball than they would if they went pro. Um, unless you're a first-round draft pick in the NBA, you do not get guaranteed money. And yes, there's good money in, in Europe and, and other places that you can go play, but um, some of these NIL deals uh, far exceed the, the amount of money you can get doing that. Um, uh, off topic, but I saw that Caitlin Clark, the star for the Iowa women's basketball team gets over a million dollars a year, um, which is almost five times what the highest player in the WNBA gets. So um, staying in college, you know, at least financially, is a benefit to her. Um, not really sure where I'm going. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but um, I just wanted to touch on the fact that, uh, you know, Matt Painter, despite what's happened the last three years in the NCAA tournament um, and the, you know, the, the belief by some that he can't coach in March, I assure you, if he can coach in November, he can coach in March. He's not doing a whole lot different, um, you know. And, and you know, you look at a guy like Zach Eady, the National Player of the Year, who came in here as a an afterthought. Um, how do you think he got there? He got there from coaching. Um, you know, Matt Painter and his staff have done a great job developing players. Um, maybe not getting the the top tier recruits, but um, Painter's system is always going to be finding guys that fit. Um, and, uh, you know, in some cases you get a Carson Edwards or a Jaden Ivey and you um, kind of uh, deviate from what you've done because you have an athlete of that caliber and, and you let those guys um, run the show a little bit more and give, give them a little bit more freedom. But I think that, you know, this was kind of maybe a launching point to get to uh, next season where um, Purdue will again be in the mix for, you know, one of the, the top teams in the country should be in the mix for a, a Big Ten title. Probably will uh, not be picked to finish fifth or sixth or whatever the you know the expectations were uh, in the Big Ten this year. I think that going into next year, Purdue will be the perceived uh, Big Ten favorite. Um, you know, I know that it doesn't always pan out that way. Indiana was the the Big Ten favorite this year. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into with health, which Purdue was by and large pretty healthy most of this year, uh, save for some minor wear and tear that, that is expected when you play 35 games and, and with um, Mason Gillis missing what, you know, a handful of games there um, in December and um, Zach Eady missing a game with an illness. Other than that, uh, you can't ask for much more from a health standpoint, but I think um, my advice to, to Purdue fans is just to kind of stay patient, at least see this thing out another year. Um, you know, 
I believe that Matt Painter is a, a great coach. A lot of the people who follow college basketball religiously and, and cover the sport um, from a national perspective believe that he's one of the best coaches in the country. And, um, you know, they're not seeing it through a Purdue fan's eyes. And I can understand the um, seeing it, you know, from that vantage point and being frustrated. But um, if you, you know, take off those, those um, black and gold colored uh, lenses, maybe a little bit, you'll, you'll appreciate a lot more what he's been able to do with um, drastically less talent in some cases. Um, and now next year is a situation where you're going to have experience. You're going to have, you know, a couple of um, those elite level athletes that I mentioned that Purdue was missing maybe against the Fairleigh Dickinson and uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, Matt Painter is not getting fired, uh, at least not this season. So whether you want him around or not, uh, Purdue fans are stuck with him. And uh, now the only thing he can do is, um, first of all, sit in it. You know, the quote that, that uh, Painter said after the, the Fairleigh Dickinson loss, um, you know, they're going to take it on the chin. It's going to be something that's brought up. It's something that people like me, when I go back to, to talk to those players, I did it ye- uh, yesterday at the Boys and Girls Club, talking to David Jenkins Jr., um, just, you know, kind of casually brought it up and, and, you know, it still stings for him because that's the last college basketball game he ever played. Um, but it's going to follow, follow those kids around. It's going to follow those coaches around and it's not going away. It's, it's going to be brought up a lot next year. Uh, when Purdue gets ready for the NCAA tournament next year, uh, those questions will be asked again and, and you have to face it. It happened. And, um, until you do something about it and rectify that situation, um, it's not going to go away. So, um, the only thing you can do now is kind of sit and wait and um, that's that's kind of my long-winded take on the whole situation. And uh, with that said, I'll, I'll sign off of here and um, get into the meat of uh, covering Big Ten uh, and Purdue spring football and, and hopefully be a little bit more consistent with uh, these podcasts. I hope to get uh, you know some, some guests and, and uh, some different topics in here. And I'm always welcoming uh, anybody who wants me to touch on a, a certain question or, or a topic, um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram. I think both of those, my handle is Samuel T. King um, by email, sking at jconline.com. Um, you know, however you want to reach out to me is uh, is fine. And I'll do my best to try to be more consistent getting these to you um, if you enjoy listening. So for everybody that is listening, I know it's been a while and I appreciate uh, you tuning in. Uh, I'm going to sign off now and uh, until next time. Thanks.